Hey folks, it's been quite a week. On Friday, President Trump commuted the sentence of his longtime friend and advisor Roger Stone, freeing him just days before he was set to go to federal prison. And the Supreme Court decided two major cases concerning Trump's personal financial records, clearing the way for prosecutors in New York to subpoena his taxes. Meanwhile, Jeff Berman, my successor as U.S. Attorney for SDNY, who was fired last month following a standoff with Bill Barr, testified before the House Judiciary Committee. I talk about all this and more with Ann Milgram on the Cafe Insider podcast. Today we're making a clip from the most recent episode available in the Stay Tuned feed. To listen to our full conversation and access all other Cafe Insider content, including the newly launched United Security podcast with Lisa Monaco and Ken Weinstein, try the membership free for two weeks. You can do that at cafe.com slash insider. That's cafe.com slash insider. College students with a valid.edu email qualify for a special discount. Head to cafe.com slash student and sign up at a special rate. Again, that's cafe.com slash student. We look forward to having you as a part of the insider community. All right, so should we start with what was kind of expected, but still upsetting for people who still care about non-selective application of the law, and that is the commutation of Roger Stone. People should recall Roger Stone, close associate of the president, but was charged by a grand jury employed by the, the special counsel's office, Robert Mueller's office, convicted at trial of seven counts, including obstruction of Congress, making false statements to Congress, and witness tampering in a very serious way. You'll remember that Bill Barr got involved in the sentencing recommendation, the line prosecutors in the case stepped down from the case, so it's been controversial for a while. Roger Stone has been hinting to the president that he would really, I mean, more than hinting, I guess, he would really like to be saved. Trump dangling the possibility of clemency for a long time. He was set to report to prison today, actually. Yes, yeah. And last Friday. For 40 months sentence. For 40 yeah. months, which is, which by the Over way, Bill Barr, yeah. Bill Barr said, and we'll get to this in more detail, when asked about it last week. I think the prosecution was righteous. And uh, I think the sentence that the judge ultimately gave was fair. That's an attorney general who in other cases has pressed the department to dismiss something against an associate of the president, like in the case of Michael Flynn. And related to the Russia investigation. So, right, I think that's important that, right. that the Stone piece relates completely to the Russia investigation. It goes back to, you'll remember, the WikiLeaks getting access to the DNC server, releasing Hillary Clinton's emails, and there were questions about Stone had tweeted out, had made public statements about that there were that there were a lot of things coming. And he'd also, as we now know, had a lot of conversations back and forth with people like Steve Bannon and the president of the United States about what was happening and what emails were going to potentially be released. And so it really does fall within the heartland of the Russia investigation. So that's a that's a very interesting and I think important point. So the first question that some people have is when the president decided on Friday evening to put out a statement that he was commuting the sentence people wondered, well, why a commutation versus a pardon? I guess the first question is, what is the difference? A pardon basically expunges the conviction. It doesn't take away the guilt, but it basically takes away the consequences of a conviction. And the slate is kind of wiped clean. It's, it's an official act of, of forgiveness, whereas a commutation is something different. It's merely the wiping away of a certain portion of the sentence. It's a reduction in the sentence. 
Right. So somebody, you could have your sentence commuted. And we see it a lot when people who have been incarcerated for a period of time where the president or a governor in a state will commute their sentence and then basically say, you can be released now. So they may have served five years or 10 years, and then the rest of the sentence gets commuted. And so it's worth thinking about as sort of, it relates to the punishment, not to the conviction piece of what's happening, whereas the pardon, again, you're right in saying with a pardon, it's an acknowledgement of guilt in some ways, right? It's sort of, you're, there's nothing about a pardon that says the person is not guilty. It's actually sort of to the contrary, which is, I think, why Roger Stone didn't want that. He wants the ability to continue to litigate whether or not he was fairly convicted by a jury. And so he didn't want the president to say, I pardon you, which then would have basically been, you've done something wrong, I'm pardoning you for that wrong, right? And and absolving you of, of sort of anything that goes with it. What's important, the distinction also just for a moment between the pardon and the commutation is like with a pardon, everything that goes along with the criminal conviction gets washed away. So restrictions on voting get washed away, fines get washed away. With a commutation, the president for Stone, he waived supervised any sort of supervision, he waived fines, he waived the criminal sentence. He didn't touch the criminal conviction and the criminal conviction still carries with it things like restrictions on voting for felony convictions. So carrying, it carrying is a firearm. different carrying a firearm, exactly. So it's different, but here I think it was very political. We should discuss for a second why it is that he did the one rather than the other. And one reason is that Roger Stone told a reporter that that's what he wanted. And you, you alluded to it a second ago. What do, you, what do you make of that? Yeah, I think he definitely wanted it. Remember the pardon, I think it was of one of the sheriffs that Trump had pardoned him. And then on national... Exactly. Joe Arpaio. On national TV, someone basically said, so, you know, you're admitting you did something wrong, right? When you accept the pardon from the president, you're acknowledging, like, I did something wrong and the president is forgiving you and basically saying, you know, this is the the power of the executive is to basically say, like, I'm going to absolve you of this. But it doesn't take away the guilt, essentially. And Arpaio basically, you know, has this look on his face <laughs> as he's being asked, like, what? So it's clear that Stone was thinking, if I take the pardon, then I'm essentially leaning into I did the con. I'm just asking, you know, for forgiveness and to have this this sort of swept off my record. And he wants to litigate in court. He's already litigated this a lot, but he wants to litigate whether he was lawfully convicted. There are two things he wants. He wants he wants to get out of the the jail sentence. He wants to get a jail free card from Trump. Which and then is he wants vindic- yeah, and then he wants vindication from the courts, and he thinks that puts him in a better position later to say there was nothing going on here. But it's it's interesting. He sort of ordered up what he wanted. He did. He totally basically, and we, we should talk about this just for a second, because what, what we see happening here with Stone and with Trump is like, you know, we've talked about them as like grifters, right? As legal grifters. They'll do anything that they can do to basically get an advantage to commit any crime they want to commit, to lie, cheat, and steal. What's fascinating about it is that there have always been some checks, some accountability on people like the president from doing something like this, from essentially commuting the sentence of, someone who was going to potentially testify against him, who chose not to testify against him, but who was complicit in what looked like it was a conspiracy up front, potentially. And so what's fascinating is you take away all that accountability and it's like they're just free to do whatever they want. It's like the equivalent of Stone walking into a deli and like being like, I'll have a turkey and cheese on rye, hold the mayo. And he's like ordering exactly what he wants. And the president is giving it to him. And this lack of accountability, it's like, 
I can't even begin to say it's like it's like basically saying like I'd like extortion with a side of lying to Congress, right. <laughs> and I'd like to get away with it if you don't mind. And and they're getting it, and there's like no check and balance here. So I think the biggest question I have for you on this is like, what does this mean for you know democracy, the rule of law? It just it feels to me. You know, not only did Stone ask for it, the president tweeted out that he was proud of him. Remember, this was going on at the same time as Michael Cohen, where Michael Cohen flipped and cooperated against the president. Stone didn't. And so the president was tweeting out nasty things about Michael Cohen and good things about, you know, initially Paul Manafort, who wasn't cooperating at the beginning, initially Roger Stone, who refused to cooperate. And then what's the prize for basically refusing to turn against the president, refusing to cooperate? No jail, no jail. Exactly, right. yeah. There's a few things to make clear. Number one, the pardon power is pretty much absolute. The President of the United States, and we've talked about this before, in the Constitution has basically unfettered authority to issue clemency to people. For good reasons, bad reasons, no reason at all, there is a pardon attorney office and there's supposed to be a process to insulate the president and make sure that it looks like it's fair. Not required to follow those recommendations, not required to go through that process at all. There's really nothing anybody can do about it. I even think this legislation that Nancy Pelosi is suggesting, I haven't looked at it closely. I don't see how it's constitutional. I agree I think with you. Short of, a, short of a constitutional amendment, there's the nothing you can do about the, the pardon power. power. The, the yeah. one thing that, that I think most legal scholars will agree he cannot do, and he disputes it, is can he pardon himself? And we may see him do that on the way out of office. So, you know, people complaining about the use of the pardon power, very difficult. We'll get to the potential of a crime in a minute. But the other thing is, by the, the way, reason just why this stop is, on yeah. that for one second, though, because I think you make a good point. People agree. I agree with this, that the president can't pardon themselves. Right. It's seen as like the ultimate sort of like self-dealing. So what some people are arguing is that pardoning Stone is basically the same as pardoning himself because Stone could have cooperated against the president, provide information. And instead of doing that, Stone gets this deal. I don't think that's going to be found to be the case. I think, you know, the Constitution says the the implication is that the president can't pardon himself. It doesn't extend to not being able to pardon other people who may have criminal evidence against the president. And so it, it may. I mean, the argument the, the, the argument that you put forward, the way it would play out is, is as follows, right? There's an OLC opinion that I think comes from the Nixon era that doesn't have a lot of legal analysis or constitutional analysis, but says a president cannot pardon himself based on the age old premise that no man can be a judge in his own case. And so if you understand that sort of principle of jurisprudence in this country and in, and in England, then you cannot pardon yourself. And I guess the argument would be, well, to the extent that Roger Stone was doing something in connection with a case involving the president, to pardon that person would be being a judge in your own case. I don't know if that's far-fetched or not, but I guess that would be the argument. But I agree with you. It probably doesn't fly. Yeah. The reasons why the pardon is bad, even though it's you know constitutional and legal, and why it's distinguished from other bad pardons, and there have been bad pardons before, is that not only is he engaging in a pardon for close associate, confidant, a person who has been an advisor to him, but he's doing, as we've mentioned, he's doing it with someone who committed the crime to protect the president, lied to protect the president and the reputation of the president. And it's done in a case where there are many, many, many other more deserving people in the country who might merit a, a pardon or clemency of some sort, but time and time again, it's not just the president, it's also the attorney general, reach their hands in and get past the professionals and provide selective justice for people who are close to the president. If you're Roger Stone, you get a benefit. If you're Michael Flynn, you get a benefit. By the way, if you're Michael Cohen and you used to be close to the president, but you betrayed him, you get a punishment. 
Yeah, I mean, we should talk about uh, th- this whole thing, and I don't, you know, it's horrifying. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's any other way to say it. And in my view, it's not what the pardon powers is intended to be. And so, what you see is basically the president thinking that he is above the law, right? And basically feeling like he gets to decide. And we should talk about the president, the White House statement that was issued, which was literally if they'd like cut out bonkers? the letters from bonkers, <laughs> if they cut out the letters from like newspapers and magazines and put it on like, it's like. A a crazy ransom demand letter from a cartoon. It's like, you can't even believe it's true. I read it and I was like, did you actually put that on official White House stationery? Because it seems well, dicta- so... It seems like it's, it seems it's, like it's dictated by the president. It's like, it, it reminds me no of, doubt. sometimes people have this in their in their iPhone, like dictated but not read. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Complete yeah. with exclamation mark at the end and the word hoax is in there. He attacks the jury. He attacks Mueller. He attacks all of his nemeses. It's a political statement. Yeah, and we should. We I want to talk about the jury just for a second because one of the things I think is really important here, and it's different than Michael Flynn. Michael Flynn pled guilty. He pleaded guilty multiple times, etc. But but Roger Stone fought the case. He'd asked the judge to dismiss up front. The judge said no. It went to a trial. There was a jury that was selected. He had very able defense counsel with him. He was convicted. He then asked the judge to dismiss the case against the the judge said no. This is the way the criminal justice system works. You're charged with something. The government has to prove that you've done it beyond a reasonable doubt. And then if you're convicted as a rule, you're held accountable. And so there is something that's really, that is so problematic about this instance of the president using the pardon power. And again, look, there have been other examples of presidents using the pardon power in bad ways, right? You know, Bill Clinton with his brother, Roger Clinton. Like, it's different than here a little. Well, but there's like, more than that. We should, we should, we should go through some of them. Because yeah. I get asked the question and, and people will say, well, why are you all freaking out now? There have been other bad pardons. Why didn't you say anything then? Well, first of all, for some of these, I was pretty young. <laughs> Not in a position to comment. But Bill Clinton probably <laughs> was, the, was the worst user of clemency in recent history. He pardoned his half-brother, uh, Roger Clinton, which I don't think he should be pardoning family members. He pardoned Mark Rich, who- The financier. The financier who was who being prosecuted by the Southern District of New York, my old office. And I make this point frequently, I wanna make it again. With respect to independence of prosecutor's offices, that was at the end of his term. He prosecuted Mark Rich, who was a fugitive from justice, didn't go through the proper process with the pardon attorney. I don't believe consulted with the US attorney at the time, Mary Jo White, who upon the pardon did what? Opened up an investigation of the president who appointed her. And and he also pardoned Susan McDougal, who was in a position- Was involved in Whitewater, which is also, by the way, it's it goes to the same thing of like, people who were close to the president were investigated. They were investigated as to dealings that touched on the presidency, right? That, that touched on Bill Clinton when he was governor of Arkansas. And then to give that pardon basically makes it seem like the president is above the law. The president's allies have special protection. They're they're able to commit crimes and engage in activity that the rest of Americans aren't. And so those were bad. We were not. We were too young. But I like to think we would have criticized them if we weren't. Yeah. Well, I was part of the institution that was very critical. SDNY as a young prosecutor at the time, that office took issue with the Mark Rich pardon. Then you have the first Bush pardoning a Casper Weinberger. So so there have been. Then you have the part. You know the 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 clemency that was given to Scooter Libby. So, so there have been examples of this before, but I don't think anybody has been so cynical in the use of clemency and pardons for people close to them or in a position to protect them as Donald Trump. And that w- that's what makes it different. Also, we're still sort of litigating in real time during the past 
now three years, the president's involvement in Russia's interference in the 2016 election. Roger Stone was treated very unfairly. Roger Stone was brought into this witch hunt, this whole political witch hunt and the Mueller scam. It's a scam because it's been proven false. And he was treated very unfairly. There's something that feels very, like, pertinent to this moment as we approach the next election. And we're watching the president do it. And it's sort of like, I I don't know if you feel this way. I sort of, I knew it was going to happen, but I still sort of felt like I was watching it in slow motion a little bit as it happened on Friday night. I hope you've enjoyed this sample of the Cafe Insider podcast. To listen to the full episode, head to cafe.com slash insider and try out the membership free for two weeks. Interested students with a valid.edu email can head to cafe.com slash student. To the many of you who have chosen to join the Insider community, thank you for supporting our work.